It's time now for the complete story, a public news and information feature of Bot Radio Network to keep you informed about the most important issues of our day. Now, here's the BRN father and son team, Dick and Rich Bot, with today's complete story. You know, Rich, there are so many things happening so fast, it's, it's hard to decide how to cover everything. But since the last complete story, we have been in Nashville, Tennessee, for our national Christian Broadcaster Convention. Wasn't that a good one? Oh, it was terrific. Some great speakers and great fellowship and and inspiring connecting with uh, other broadcasters across the country and around the world. You know, to open this complete story, before we get into the substance that I want to talk about, I want the listeners to enjoy Carol Robertson singing one of my very favorite songs. Here it is. The chimes of time Bring out the news, another day is through. Someone slipped and fell. Was that someone new? You may have lost for added strength your courage to renew. But do not be. Disheartened, for I bring hope to you. It is no secret what God can do, what He's done for others, He'll do for you. no night for in his light you'll never walk alone always feel at home wherever you may roam there is no power can conquer you while God is on your side Take him at his promise Don't run away and hide It is no secret What God can do What he's done for others He'll do for you What God can 
that song was written a long time ago. Uh, who was it who wrote it? Do you remember? I don't know who wrote that. Um, That's a real oldie. Well, it is an oldie, but you know what? It Truth is timeless. And when I hear that song, I think, well, it hasn't changed. It still is the truth. It is absolutely timeless. Now, getting back to NRB, National Religious Broadcasters, actually it's it's Worldwide Christian Media Convention right now. But one of the speakers was Mike Huckabee. Mm-hmm. Mike Huckabee spoke to us, and it was just terrific. I want to bring his entire speech to our radio audience. Um, but I want to just use some of the things before we get into the meat of this program. Here is Mike Huckabee talking about what the problem we have in America today. But we're living in a day where the polarity of cultures and the clash is so intense that if we do not stand and fight hard for the basic constitutional liberties of religious freedom, we not only will lose them, but the future generations will lose any understanding or knowledge of what this country was about. Yeah. You see, I was thinking, Rich, we have no choice when we live. I mean, we are living now. Uh, we can say, I wish I, I wish I was back to the good old days. Well, they were, they were pretty good old days for us, but not everybody. Or I wish I was living when this wasn't going on. But that isn't our choice, is it? God puts us on this earth for the length of time he gives us, and that's what we, that's what we work with. That's right, Dad. And uh, these are such strategic times. I have said over and over again, God's first institution, listen to this, folks, was the family. And second was the church to help the family know God, do right, follow his principles. And, and then third was civil government. You've got to have civil government so you can decide what side of the street you're going to drive on or how you're going to have certain common things taken care of. You've got to have civil government given by God. But first was the family. Here's what Mike Huckleby said about that. A critical element of saving our culture is to re-engage the notion of family. We, we throw that term out so often. And, and look, I, I've done it myself. Family values. Standing for the family. And all of that is important. I think sometimes we forget to remind ourselves, and especially the generations after us, why God put such a value on the institution of the family. An institution which, by the way, preceded government and uh, even preceded the church. Pretty big deal. If, If God, before he created the church, an assembly, and if God, before he allowed for, created, or approved of civil government, the first and foremost institution that he ordained was that of family. Yeah. And, you know, as I have been watching the various candidates uh, for the Democrat, you know, a choice in this next election, I don't hear many people talking about restoring the family restoring the family structure, uh, appreciating having fathers and mothers in the home, raising their children as a gift from God. You don't hear that, do you? No. And what Mike Huckabee said is so true about the war of cultures. Now, you remember, folks, that it was just a short time ago that there were two Supreme Court justices that were nominated 
and had to be put on the Supreme Court. This is a lifetime appointment. And one was uh, Gorsuch and the other was Kavanaugh. And wasn't there a fight um, raging? They had to go through that grueling confirmation process through the uh, in front of the U.S. Senate. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, everybody might have thought whatever they were talking about is the reason that they didn't want those two on the bench. But the truth is they have a record of going by the Constitution. They don't make up the law. They absolutely tell you this is what the Constitution says, and our job is to go by it. So anyway, here now, here now, talk about a clash of cultures. Here the um, the minority leader of the United States Senate, Chuck Schumer. The minority leader of the United States Senate, Chuck Schumer, was raging on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court when they were about to hear a case uh, involving abortion, involving abortion. And there was a crowd there. I don't know where they all came from. I suppose the Planned Parenthood crowd, they have a way of putting out the word. So there was a big group of people on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court listening to uh, minority leader of the United States Senate, Chuck Schumer, and he, of course, represents, I guess, wouldn't it be the 100 percent position of the Democrat Party? This is what he said. Inside the walls of this court, the Supreme Court is hearing arguments, as you know, for the first major abortion right cases since Justices Kavanaugh and Justices Gorsuch came to the bench. We know what's at stake. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women, and they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Well, my word, folks. Now, listen, you just heard the words in his own voice as to what Senator Chuck Schumer said. Uh, the minority leader. The head of the Democrat Party, as far as the U.S. Senate is concerned, on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. Threatening I mean, them by name. Well, threatening them by name, but sounding out of control, for goodness sakes. Wow, you talk about venom. You talk about... Unhinged. Yeah, you talk about unhinged. All right, now listen, folks. Uh, this is a short speech by Dr. Bernard Nathanson. Now listen, he was the one in an earlier day that was the founder of NARAL. NARAL is the National Abortion Rights Action League. The National Abortion Rights Action League, Dr. Bernard Nathanson. And then he realized, he realized what it's all about. He realized what it's all about. Listen to what he said. My conversion on this issue was not some kind of overnight epiphany. Uh, it was the result of my working in the area of fetology 
from the years 1973 to 1977. Uh, fetology, as you know, is a new science. It uses new technologies, such as ultrasound and uh, electronic fetal heart monitoring, many other uh, new uh, modalities, which are sophisticated and fantastic. And we have opened up the whole life of the fetus for study. And of course, those studies have uh, finally culminated <coughs> in a growing realization that the fetus is entirely similar, identical to any of us, that it's a member of the human community, and as a result, all the rights and privileges and protections which we are afforded should, of course, uh, flow to that person. The expanding, the burgeoning of fetology has created and is creating <coughs> a very serious problem in hospitals. There is a paradox, an antinomy, if you like, in that on one floor of a hospital, we are now diagnosing the illness of the fetus. We are using all these technologies to treat it with medication. And we are even performing surgery on it now. And on the next floor down, that very same fetus is being casually destroyed for no reason whatever. Now that is creating, as I say, an intolerable moral tension in hospitals. And as the public begins to realize more and more through the media, that fetology is an expanding and a, an exciting science and has, is giving us a new perception of the fetus. It is creating an increasing tension in a lot of sectors in the public as well. You know, it's curious that in no other branch of medicine than I know of do we bring to bear expensive and increasingly sophisticated technology for diagnosis of the patient's illness or disorder only thereupon to eradicate it. Not the illness, but the patient. So. As I say, we, we, we cannot continue to allow this kind of moral tension to accumulate. It is ripping apart various segments of medicine now. And now we are in a very different quandary. Those of us who practice medicine, who practice obstetrics, now Dr. Morgenthaler does not practice obstetrics. He is not a fetologist. He does not understand these things. Uh, but on the other hand, you see those of us who do are caught in this psychological and moral whipsaw where on the one hand, we are treating the patient, and on the other hand, we are casually destroying it. Man, the enormity. Folks, this is the man that was the founder of National Abortion Rights Action League before, before he realized the enormity of what he was doing. Now listen, Rich, I want the folks to think this is the 75th anniversary of the Holocaust. Those who know their history, and I'm sorry to say a lot of people don't, but those who know their history would think, how could the Holocaust have taken place in Germany? There were a lot of good people in Germany. There were a lot of families. There were a lot of people getting up and going to work and, and thinking, well, it doesn't really bother me. I'm not drawn into it. This is also the National Black History Month. The National Black History Month in America. You know what that meant? You know what that involved? Slavery and wars? And all the way through the Jim Crow era? What was happening to people that could not wake up and say, this is wrong? But here we are. Here we are so divided. You've got the leader, the Democrat leader, the minority leader of the United States Senate, 
on the steps of the Supreme Court. Uh, Mr. Producer, I want the folks to hear that. This is just a few days ago. Um, I want the folks to hear that again. Could you Inside that? the walls of this court, the Supreme Court is hearing arguments, as you know, for the first major abortion right cases since Justices Kavanaugh and Justices Gorsuch came to the bench. We know what's at stake. Over the last three years, women's reproductive rights have come under attack in a way we haven't seen in modern history. From Louisiana to Missouri to Texas, Republican legislatures are waging a war on women, all women. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Yeah, all right. That's all right, a now. direct threat. Now, listen, Democrats. Believe me, I don't want to get in an argument with anybody. I'm just asking each individual person, what team... Who do you associate with? Who do you think has the answer to America's problems? What we just heard is the leader of the United States Senate on the steps of the Supreme Court kind of raging at them. And Could threatening you feel them. it? Well, Rich, uh, we, we don't want to leave out Kansas in the states that he mentioned. Mm -hmm. Kansas now, folks, who live in Kansas listening to this program, I want you to remember that over the years, uh, the Supreme Court members of the state Supreme Court, I'm talking now about the Kansas State Supreme Court, the way they've been chosen over the years, they get more liberal, more liberal, more liberal. It's the way the process has worked. We'll explain that more another day. But now we've got a very liberal state Supreme Court members who somehow read and find something in the state constitution that no one else ever knew about, giving complete open state protection for abortion under any circumstances. So the only way the people can deal with that is to have a constitutional amendment. That's what the big brouhaha was all about. And the constitutional amendment, of course, um, was something the people then were going to be able to vote on in the next general election. So that's all this was all about. But four Republicans joined 100% of the Democrats to vote against it. And what they were voting against was giving the people of Kansas the right to vote on the issue. What would you add to that, Rich? Yeah, well, their, their four names are Jan Kessinger in Overland Park, Tom Phillips in Manhattan, Don Heineman in Dighton, Scott City, Oakley, Kansas, and Pil, uh, Bill Panbacker in Washington, uh, that part of Kansas, up by Maryville and Belleville, north of Junction City. Yeah. Those are the fatal four, I call them. And he, yeah. they joined with all the Democrats to vote against well, and I'm sure they're restoring nice. the Constitution. I'm sure they're very nice people. I have no interest in getting no. into a fight or an argument or anything like well, that. Well, I think it's but, important for people to know what they did. I want the people to know what they did. I want the people to know what they did so the people then can decide, are these the people that you want to represent you? Now, let's go a little deeper into this subject. We heard from Dr. Bernard Nathanson, a brilliant um, um, doctor, physician, 
And uh, now here is Dr. Christopher Kayser. He's a PhD. So let's see what he has to say about this subject. Some people say that abortion is permissible because a preborn child or fetus is not a person. So let's ask the question, what is a person? In everyday conversation, we use the terms person and human being to mean the same thing. I'm a person, you're a person, your parents are persons. Children, yours or somebody else's are persons. Your dog, your dog might have a lot of personality, but your dog is not a person. Your car or computer, definitely not persons. But the terms human being and person do belong to different categories. Human being is mainly a biological term, whereas person is mainly a moral term, referring to an individual's value or rights. Now, it's simply a scientific fact that preborn children are human beings. Every prenatal human being is an individual member of the species Homo sapiens. From the moment when the sperm fertilizes the egg, the preborn child has his or her own unique genetic identity. The question then arises do all human beings deserve basic human rights? Are all human beings persons? Or do only some human beings, those similar to us, have value and worth? Every time in human history that we have said that a certain group of human beings are not persons, it's resulted in a horrible tragedy. Think of the slavery of Africans, or the Holocaust of Jewish people, or the oppression of women. All of these human rights abuses came from denying a group of human beings their personhood. So, let's look at the differences between persons like you and me and prenatal human beings. We can easily remember all these differences by the acronym SLED, size, level of development, environment, and dependency. First, size. Some abortion advocates will say that prenatal human beings are not persons because they're so small, about the size of a dot on a page and less than a couple inches long in the first trimester. But obviously size is irrelevant for an individual's value. Each one of us is tiny in comparison to a huge boulder, but we are much more valuable. Is a newborn baby less valuable than a huge football player? If you were zapped with a shrinking ray that made you two inches tall, would you no longer be a person? What about level of development? Some say that persons must have developed a certain level of rationality or capability of thought. Fetuses are not persons, they say, because they lack rationality, and so it's okay to abort them. If this were true, we would have to deny personhood to infants, since they can't mentally outperform animals like dogs or cats. Indeed, many full-grown adults have severe mental handicaps, but we do not hold their lack of rationality as grounds for mistreating them. Others might say that persons must have developed the ability to suffer. If fetuses are not able to suffer, then it's okay to abort them. Well, is it okay for an adult to be killed painlessly while they sleep? No, of course not. That would be murder. Moreover, rats have the ability to suffer, but no one thinks that rats are persons with equal rights to us. What about environment? Is a preborn child not a person just because it's still in the womb? What's the magical thing that happens at birth that suddenly bestows personhood on the baby? It's hard to believe that killing immediately before birth is morally fine, but killing immediately after birth is morally monstrous. For this reason, some defenders of abortion also defend killing babies after birth. They defend infanticide. Lastly, dependency. Some say personhood happens at viability, when the fetus can live independently from the woman's body. 
But a newborn infant is also completely dependent on adults to survive. Moreover, ever-changing technology causes the line of viability to move closer and closer to conception. So dependency is arbitrary as well. In conclusion, to say all human beings are persons is to promote human equality and inclusivity and to ensure that no human being, born or unborn, is ever deprived of their intrinsic dignity and their basic human rights. Man, what, Rich, if, if that is so plain and so clear and so absolute, wouldn't it be nice if young people were taught that in high schools and taught that in colleges? It is really one plus one is two. Gravity pulls, the rain falls, and the sun shines. What's complicated about it unless a person wants to turn their face away from the obvious? That's the true equality movement, where the baby is is recognized as equal. It's a person. It's a human being, and yeah. it needs to be protected. Here is a, here is a Henry Hyde, when he was a congressman from Illinois. Here it is. The justification for abortion has always been the claim that a woman can do with her own body what she will. Well, if you still believe that this little baby is a part of the woman's body then I'm afraid your ignorance is invincible. Yeah. All right, now here's a preacher. Here's a preacher, Dr. Lawrence White, with our closing comment. But of this one thing, we can be absolutely certain. The Lord God Almighty hates the murder of innocent unborn children. And, and Phil Kagey, Phil Kagey recorded a little song. I want, I want you to hear the words to that. Who will speak up for the little ones? Helpless and half abandoned. They've got a right to choose life they don't want to lose. I've got to speak up. Oh, Rich, give us a phone number. People want to comment, want to comment, you like it or you don't like it, whatever you want to say, this is the number. 1-800-345-2621, our listener comment line. We'd love to hear from you. 1-800-345-2621. And you know, Rich, in my heart, I have no desire to get in an argument with anyone. I have no desire to start putting one person down another person. That isn't the question. The question is, folks, do we care about the rights of another? That's what it's about. This is Dick Bott with my son, Rich, with this chapter of The Complete Story. I'll see you later. <laughs> 